Welcome to the FBC Telehoma Missions Podcast, where we ask our members and our listeners the simple question, where will you go as we seek to advance the gospel message of Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God from here to the least reached peoples on planet Earth? Today in the pod, we have a very special episode. It's probably one of a couple that you'll be hearing over the next month or two. We're going to call this Refugee Stories. I hope you'll stick around. All right, guys, welcome to the pod today. Who have we got here? Tell us who you are. Well, I'm Amber DaCosta, and um, I went to Germany um, this last time on um, the mission trip and um, just really was impacted by um, the refugees and the stories we heard, and so I'm really happy to share them with you guys. All right. Tell us who you are, Pete. Well, obviously, Pete, Pete DeWolf, uh, just been a part of this church family here for about a dozen years now and had some opportunities to go to some different places and, and see just some situations that we don't have here at home. And it, it makes a very big change in your life when you come back. And I'm, I'm just happy to come here and, and to tell about it. If you didn't listen to the podcast we did on the Germany mission trip, you need to go back and listen to it to give you a lot of context for what you're going to hear here Today on the pod, in these refugee stories, if you did listen, you know that our team went and worked with refugees in refugee camps in Germany. We want to share with you a few of those stories. Amber, why don't you start us off? Okay. Um, So the story I'm going to share with you today is um, about a young man that we met in 2019 when our church went to serve um, in Germany. And... um, We didn't hear his story in 2019, um, but this time around, we were privileged enough to hear it. And um, this story is is of a young man um, who is from a Middle Eastern country, and um, he is a believer, and that's actually why he had to seek asylum, um, because he was being persecuted um, for being a Christian. Um, in the particular Middle Eastern country that he came from, um, Islam is the main religion. Uh, it's written on their birth certificate that that's what they are. Um, so there's really no choosing. Um, there's no seeking other religions. Um, it's Muslim, and that's, that, that's who you are. That's your identity. Um, so this particular young man, um, his father wanted to show him the Jesus film. And we say, oh, that's great. <laughs> but the funny thing is, is that from my understanding, um, his father just wanted to show him the film um, because in um, Islam, Jesus is revered as, as a great prophet. So his dad satellites in some <laughs> crazy way, satellites in the Jesus film. And he watches it. And he said at that point, like, something in inside him just didn't sit right like after he watched it jesus to him had to be more than just a great prophet um and as believers we know that the holy spirit started dealing with him right so um fast forward a little bit i think he asked a few people at school who he knew were christians um you know what what does this mean you know who who is jesus um and eventually he comes to know the lord but 
Because he turned 18, he had to serve in this Middle Eastern country's military. Um, And just like all of us, when we first receive the Holy Spirit, you know, fire feels like it's in us, like we feel invincible, and we're just on the mountaintop. And that's how he was. And so he went um, into the military, and he brought his Bible out. And um, he started to share it with people that he thought were his friends. And I say that loosely in quotes people he thought he could trust. Well, they turned on him, and he received a lot of persecution. Um, And obviously, this is being translated um, from Arabic to English. Um, But what we could gather, he was beaten, um, starved, different things like that. And so one night, he ran away from this military camp, and um, he headed off into the mountains and when he got up into the mountains there was snow there was rain Um, but like so many conversion stories from Muslims to Christianity he had a vision of Jesus and Jesus appeared to him in a dream and just said be still know that I am God do not fear I'm, I'm walking with you and he said he woke up you know, and he's like, okay. So he makes it over a few months time, he makes it to Greece. And when he, he, on his way to Greece, though, his dinghy boat, which if you guys don't know what that is, it's a blow up raft that they say can fit about 30 to 40 people safely. And I think he said there were close to 90 people crammed on this boat. He, he did hand motions like, you know, rolling his fingers, but basically it was translated that his dinghy boat ended up flipping over three different times in the Mediterranean Sea. Um, And for you guys who don't know, the Mediterranean Sea is actually considered a refugee graveyard. Mm -hmm. They said that there's approximately thirty to 40,000 humans, guys, human beings, lives lost who were seeking asylum for for one reason or another. Um, But they would get the boat flipped back over and they'd be off again. So they finally reached the shores of Greece and the government was no longer allowing people in. And he said in his best English, we tried to out cheat the government. (laughs) Um, And so um, for two weeks time, they tried to, to get around the government. And he said, I watched my friends and these people that traveled with us just try to, to get in, get past the guards, get past the gates. And he said that it was like one of the last attempts and he said i felt someone grab my shoulder and my and my bicep area and and he said i heard a, a whisper i'm with you he said so i took my papers up there and he said the guards took one look at them they knew they were fake but they said come on in and he said, you know, I looked around and there was no one standing with me. He said, but I knew that it was Jesus's presence. He said, I felt Jesus's presence just on my person, ushering me through, walking me through. Um, And then over time, he ended up making it into Germany. And when we talked to the missionary that's on the ground there, he said he is the biggest evangelist between the Arabic speaking people. Um, and he's a young guy. He's, I think, 24 or 5. Um, he's studying chemical engineering. Um, he wants to be a chemical engineer. And so, anyways, I just, I honestly 
love him. I love his heart. He is a brother in Christ, and I am so thankful that I was able to meet him. Mm. This would be a good time to plug Jesus in Athens, um, just to hear about the, the dinghy boats going over the Mediterranean into Greece. If you've not watched that, um, go to Amazon, look at it, watch it. It's a really, really good documentary on refugees. All right, Pete, tell us about somebody that you know. Okay, well, I met a, a young man named Mohammed, and uh, I was actually with a uh, group. So we, there was three of us initially who, who met this young man when we were distributing. You know, they were um, small care packages that we were bringing into the refugee facilities, and it, it made just for an opening for conversation. Um, his English was very limited, so gratefully we had, you know, Google Translator, and we, we got to have a, just a few-minute conversation with this young man and find out that, you know, he was from Syria. He had been caught in a bombing. He was paralyzed from mid-chest down. Uh, he had made his way from Syria by himself. He was in, in Germany by himself in a wheelchair. Um, he had made it to Greece first. Uh, he, he managed to be in Greece for several years. Um, he wasn't allowed to stay. They moved him on to Germany. In, in hopes that they would be able to put them together with, you know, some better doctors, which, which through the translator we were able to find that he was receiving services now. And, but he was maybe the oldest 24-year-old man I think I've ever seen in my life. Um, you know, very gaunt, very, very worn wheelchair, very, very, very world-weary. Um, unfortunately, there was so much to do that that first day out that the uh, conversation wasn't very long and um, I think the battery had died on the phone so Google Translator was out at that point so you know we just kind of bowed out and, and told them that we would we would do our best to come back uh, we three days later we had the opportunity due to scheduling being moved around and and we end up in in the same facility um, myself and uh, another young lady was with us we go and um, we, you know, fully charged battery this time, so we're ready. We got the Google Translator. Uh, we we hadn't been able to attain, you know, um, a Bible in his language yet at that point, but uh, we get inside, and, you know, of course, he offers tea, and, and, and so we get to have a little bit of conversation. And uh, the the young lady that was with us immediately, mid-conversation, just jumps in with, can we pray for you? It was, <laughs> I don't know if it was the smoothest time, but it, it just hit him. He didn't really understand what, she meant by that, and she said, that, you know, we wanted to ask, you know, God for to, to bless him and take care of him and that he would come to know him. And he had the the biggest-eyed stare at us. It was, it, it, was, it was like watching in slow motion, you know, when time slows down, when you have those moments sometimes. And so, um, you know, he, he says yes, and the young lady starts praying for him, and and situational awareness um you know my eyes are open so i don't know this young man I mean, i'm in somebody else's home so my head is down but my eyes are open and I'm, I'm just just watching at the moment uh she prays for him then it comes to my turn and and my situational awareness kind of went away from me I, I i closed my eyes and uh and began to pray for him um which was strange because then the young lady's situational awareness kicks in and she opens her eyes and she said she was kind of watching him and to see the amazement that, you know, somebody was praying for him, that somebody cared about him, that, that was the fact that we had come back. And uh, 
ourselves, we were, you know, moved by what was happening. But also this young man who, who doesn't know God was clearly moved. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we told him if he was interested, we would, we'd like to bring him a Bible. And, and he said he'd very much. He said we'd like to get the, you know, the missionary on the ground, the local guy to come back and, and see you. And we'll find somebody, you know, that speaks your language so we don't have to keep using the phone, going back and forth, and it'd make it much smoother. And, he, you know, he said that would be great. And, you know, that was that was our kind of the story. But since the time that we've left, you know, the local missionaries had time to, to get him a Bible, to find somebody who speaks the same language, and, and to go back. And, you know, the young man was, he's since this time, he's, he's gone to church. He's gotten to hear, you know, um, he's gotten to hear songs about Christ in his own language, and he was so moved by them, he wanted to hear them over and over. Mm-hmm. And for him, you know, the, the information we get back, the biggest thing for him was that he knows that God sees him and God cares about his plight. And so we're, we're just really excited about what's happening or what we, you know, appear to be and see happening. Um, it's amazing to see God work. And then also to know that just a few-minute conversation and a few minutes of prayer gives the missionary on the ground who's there all of the time. There's, it gives him that opportunity to get in and, and actually do some work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know that, you know, our, all of our short conversations, there's a group of us there and we have literally hundreds of conversations over just a couple of days, which would be impossible for the local missionary to do. It would take months to have this amount of conversations. And all of a sudden, you know, he has ends, he has opportunities, he has a little bit of information so that, you know, he can, he can start to help people find Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it's those little things that you come home with where you feel like, you know, I didn't get the chance to tell every single person about Jesus and, you know, see him come to him right now. But, you know, seeds get planted. Mm-hmm. And it, and it's amazing time. So it, those little things that we do, um, you know, they're going to pay dividends in the end. And it, it was just very, you know, uh, probably 20 minutes total, maybe, with this young man over the multiple visits, but it, you know, it'll stay with me for my life. Mm -hmm. And, and I hope to continue to hear more from our local missionary on the ground as it goes. But, you know, they've got him plugged in with, you know, other people from his, you know, his ethnic group that are Christians and, you know, it's exciting. Mm -hmm. It is. Well, you know what that sound means. It means I'm going to introduce you to the book of the month. It is September. we got a brand new book. It's called Strangers Next Door by J.D. Payne. If you've not read Strangers Next Door, it's a good book. It's fairly old, but it's still true. We learn about refugees. We learn about immigrants. We learn about people from other countries who move to the United States. They come to our doorstep. They don't need to be invisible. We need to reach out to them. We need to engage them. You'd be surprised at how many unreached, unengaged people groups live in the United States of America right on our doorstep. J.D. Payne helps you to see that. He helps you to see the opportunities. He helps you to see the fruit of those opportunities. If you've not picked that book up, it may be an interesting read for you if you're interested in seeing the nations reached from here. Strangers Next Door by J.D. Payne. It's our book of the month. All right, we got one more refugee story. Um, Amber, you going to tell us one more? Yeah, so um, the next story I'm going to tell you guys is about a young man who's 19 years old, um, and 
he um, is a very, very large person in height. He's very tall, um, and um, he makes Joseph Seabolt, for you guys who are listening and know Joseph Seabolt, he actually makes him look quite small, and we all know Joseph is a very tall guy. Um, but anyways, this young man um, is originally from um, Afghanistan, and we all know Afghanistan sort of on our hearts right now, just um, what they're going through as a country. Um, but he um, was originally from Afghanistan, and due to somewhere in his genetic makeup, he has Mongolian in, in his genetic makeup somewhere. And so that just didn't sit real well with um, some different groups in Afghanistan. So his whole family actually had to flee Afghanistan and go into a neighboring country. But they were Muslim. They, they were, just didn't look like That's Afghans. right. Okay. That's right. They were Muslim. They just didn't look Afghan. So, so they go to a neighboring country, um, and that country also didn't really accept them but they let, allowed them to stay. Um, so they, this young guy, he was about six or seven um, when his dad wanted to put him into a religious school for, for Muslims. Um, I, I assume it's something probably sort of like maybe um, what the, the Jewish parents would do with their children they were going to make an, an, an imam. imam right? Right. That's, what I, that's what I gathered through the translating. Um, so anyways, his dad was like, this is what he needs to do. This is what he needs to do. But he told us, he said, I always fought him. I never, I never wanted to go. Well, at eight years old, he actually slit his wrist and tried to commit suicide as an eight-year-old boy. And I'm listening to his story, and honestly, the Holy Spirit just put on my heart so heavy that even at eight years old, God's purpose for him, his sovereignty for him, was not to become an imam. And he didn't know where that discernment came from, right? But as believers, like, we know. We knew that God has set him apart and chosen him for something different, right? And so I just listening to his story, like, tears just started to stream, and I just thought, like, he had no idea. But it was so beautiful to listen to it unfold. And so... um Anyway, years passed, and he and his brother and I think another friend um, ended up fleeing because he, it just had gotten so bad. Right, Pete? I mean, I believe he, he had said they had uh, death squads that were actually looking for him and his, his friends. Uh, and then it goes back to just the, the ethnic look of him and, and the fact of not you know, wanting to finish the imam school. But, yes. Yeah, so he and his brother and they and his friend like they head off, and I think they come to Greece first. Um, but Greece's economic stability is still, you know, trying to recover. Um, and so he comes in to Germany. He has actually only been in Germany for about six months, I think. Um, but he had heard through friends about Christ. Um, and so he did reading and things on his own that he was really looking for. And somebody, one of his friends said, you really need to meet 
this man named Vamal, which if you guys have been listening, Vamal is our missionary on the ground who is a refugee himself from Sri Lanka. Um, and so anyway, um, he listened to Vamal. Jesus appeared to him in a dream as well. But even after that dream, if I understood correctly, he became a little bit mad. He became a little bit mad that his whole world was being disrupted. And I'm thinking, you're a refugee. Your whole world was already disrupted. Mm-hmm. But this was like from a spiritual point of like, and I think if all, if all of us admit we've all been in that wrestling, right, of like, what's true, what's not true, wanting discernment, and that's where he was, right? So anyway, he met with Vamal again, I think. And through that, like he became a believer and he is very excited about this. And he's actually training um, to be a heavyweight boxer. Um, last year, his fights got canceled due to COVID. Um, but, you know, he's there. I think he's going to be studying at university eventually is what he said. Um, so, you know, I mean, just listening to his story, you know, his, his refugee status originally started because of look, mm-hmm. he just didn't fit in, but then he chose to flee, you know, because of the same thing. And then you know, coming to meet um, Vamal, just obviously, it was sovereignty of God and just divine intervention on his part. And so, you know, it just is so fun to hear these stories of how God is so present in their life, the sweetness that they have with Jesus the personal walk they have with him. And, you know, Vamal said something that has honestly stuck with me. And he said, you know, on occasion I meet refugees that I might have met four or five years ago. Hmm. And he said, I might not necessarily remember meeting them. He said, but they remember me. And he said, a lot of times it's not what I said to them. They say to, to me, don't you remember you invited me into your home? You gave me food when I was hungry. You gave me a place to rest. And I, it, it has taken me back to Jesus saying that. Matthew 25. Matthew 25. And they don't remember either. They're like, when did we see you hungry? Yeah, when did we? <laughs> when was this, you know? And, and that's Vamal. Like, that's what he says. Like, oh, I did, you know. And, and, but I just want to say that to encourage all of our listeners. The, the nations are coming to us. Our neighbors are our neighbors. And I just, you know, I don't want us to live with fear. I th- Kevin, you can correct me, but I think there's a statistic that says that only 10% of all internationals in the United States ever get invited into American home. That is 90% of international individuals and families who never see the inside of an American's home. And I'm not talking about, you know, how it looks i'm talking about feeding them inviting them in loving on them getting to know them getting to know them listening to them it's so important to listen to them that's how they feel love that's how anybody feels love when you can meet their needs whether it's emotional physical so i just want to encourage you guys who are listening really just look for opportunities Mm -hmm. Look for opportunities. And if there's going to be an indictment on us for not going to the nations, what kind of indictment would there be when he's brought the nations to us and we haven't even made an attempt? We've treated them as though they're unseen and invisible. 
So I think of this passage often as we hear stories like this in Acts chapter 17, where we read that he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having predetermined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Yet he is actually not far from each one of us. God has predetermined where we would be born. He's predetermined where these refugees have been pushed out of, where they have immigrated from, where they have immigrated to, in an effort to bring his people to himself and to give them new life. And we hope that in the coming weeks, maybe the coming months, you can hear a few more refugee stories just like this. We appreciate you joining us today for our refugee podcast, our special refugee podcast. Well, we hope to see you next time in the pod. And between now and then, remember, I say it every time, you're getting tired of hearing it, so just do it. Go down the mission hallway. I don't see fingerprints on those screens, and I know they're not being cleaned that well. Push the buttons on the screens. Check out the tiers of missions. Look at the videos. Listen to the videos. Read what you see. Look at the map. Play pin the tail on the map. Spin around. Put your finger on the map. Pray that God will send you there and open a door for you to go there. Go down the mission hallway. Check it out. Download the Joshua Project app on your phone. Pray for the unreached people groups of the day as they come along. And keep listening to the FBC Telehoma Missions podcast. And who knows what God may call you to do. Thank you for joining us. We hope to see you next time in the pod.